This is KGNU's Morning Magazine for January 23rd of 2023. I'm your host, Shannon Young. This morning, we're broadcasting like it's 1999. The internet has left the building, and we don't know when it's coming back. So we're in here with our handwritten paper scripts and reel-to-reel tapes. Please excuse any technical difficulties that may arise, because we are offline and off-script. Coming up on today's program, we'll visit two different traditional events in Denver. First, we'll go to the kickoff for Lunar New Year celebrations at the Far East Center. Then, CityCast Denver takes us to the National Western Stock Show, which wrapped up yesterday. A BBC News update is at the bottom of the hour. Then, it's a public affair with the Community Foundation of Boulder County. At 9 a.m., Counterspin comes your way with a look at fairness and accuracy in reporting. Then, Leland Rucker will be in the Boulder studio for the Morning Sound Alternative. All that's still ahead this morning, but first, a look at the headlines with KGNU's Luis Licon. Good morning, everyone. These are the morning headlines for KGNU. I am Luis Licon, Cohen Porter, the brother of the Denver Nuggets star Michael Porter Jr., and a University of Denver basketball player, was arrested in connection with a fatal crash in South Denver early Sunday morning. Officials say they arrested Porter in suspicion of vehicular homicide and reckless driving. Cohen Porter is still listed on the University of Denver's men's basketball program roster and attending classes at DU. The University of Denver released a statement expressing their deepest sympathies and offering counseling services to anyone in need of assistance. The Boulder County is offering those with substance abuse disorders a place to stay and recovery services as part of their new homeless relief and rehabilitation strategy. KGNU's Jack Armstrong has more. Boulder hopes to dedicate $600,000 of the $900,000 grant toward two recovery homes and if Greenlit will become a recovery center for those struggling with addiction. This effort comes from a partnership with the Denver-based organization Tribe Recovery Homes, which provides sober homes for patients struggling with addiction in and across the metro area. Boulder is now providing outpatient services through their outpatient center as they continue to affiliate with Tribe. For KGNU, I'm Jack Armstrong. The U.S. Department of Education will provide Front Range Community College with almost $1.5 million to continue its child care access means parents in schools, CCAMPIS, program. This program provides subsidies that cover up to 60% of monthly child care costs for students who have children and meet program qualifications. This program will help student parents achieve their academic goals and lead to a greater financial stability for them and their families. The college works with local state licensed child care providers and pays for all covered costs directly. Over the last four years, CCAMPIS has helped an average of 30 students per academic year cover their child care costs and the program continues to grow. Colorado donor groups and transplant centers are working to close the gap in organ transplantation process for people of color. The National Academies of Science, Engineering, and Math reported that black and Hispanic patients are more likely to get lost at every step of the process. Even if potential organ recipients are healthy enough to qualify for a transplant, the lack of information, language barriers, distrust in the healthcare system, practical concerns, and doctor perceptions are some of the factors that contribute to the overall worst outcomes for these communities. 
The Hispanic Transplant Program at UC Health was started in 2018 to try to close the gap in kidney and liver transplantations for Hispanic patients. The Long's Peak Veteran and Foreign Wars Post 2601 is offering free healing services for military veterans and their families. Practitioners with the Veterans Wellness Nonprofit Healing Warriors Program will work in patients via monthly pop-up clinics. The clinics are held on the third Saturday of every month and offer three types of energy therapies that are designed to alleviate pain and release physical and emotional tensions. The Healing Warriors Program mission is to stop veteran suicide and it has had a presence in the Longmont area for over five years through its association with the American Legion Post 32. The clinic opens at 9 a.m. and accepts its last patient at 12.30 p.m. The National Weather Service is predicting light flurries throughout this morning. For today's weather, we're going to see a high of 32 and a low of 20 in Boulder with a current temperature of 25 degrees. In Denver, we're going to see a high of 34 and a low of 21 with a current temperature of 24 degrees. And in Fort Collins, we're going to see a high of 31 and a low of 21 with a current temperature of 25 degrees. For KGNU, I am Luis Licon. are listening to The Morning Magazine on KGNU. I'm your host, Shannon Young. Lunar New Year celebrations kicked off yesterday, ringing in the Year of the Rabbit. The East Asian holiday is celebrated by Asian diaspora communities around the world. In Denver, festivities kicked off Saturday with a community fair and packed performance of dancers, musicians, and acrobats at George Washington High School. Then on Sunday, the Far East Center on South Federal Boulevard hosted lion dances and fireworks in the first of two weekends of events. For more on what's ahead, I spoke with Mimi Luang of Trung Ang Gifts. Today was the first of the many days of celebration for Lunar New Year. Can you tell folks what they have to look forward to if they come back, for example, on Saturday the 28th? For Lunar New Year, this is the first day we usually celebrate for 15 days. Today, you were able to see some line dance, correct? Um, next week, the 28th and 29th, we will be having the Lunar New Year Celebration Festival, which will have the dragon dance, fireworks show, martial arts performance. We'll have ice carving, K-pop, V-pop, lots of cultural performances, and we'll have a lot of like uh, food vendors in the parking lot also. And for people who may have never been to the Far East Center, can you explain the layout and what all is here? Our plaza has a huge gate. You won't miss it. We're on the southwest corner of the Federal and Alameda. And um, when you come in, you will see a lot of restaurants and gift shops and supermarket. And it's just a small plaza where it's like considered a hub for people to come eat, shop, play, and celebrate events with us. Primarily, are the shop owners Vietnamese here? Um, the shop owners are my parents. So this plaza has been open since 1987. And for this will be the 32nd year hosting this Lunar New Year celebration for the community. Um, my parents has always wanted to share their culture with just anyone 
just that shops at their shop or comes into the plaza. But um, in the past 32 years, it organically grew into a huge community celebration. And we're just here and happy for people to come and learn about our culture, our traditions, and our holiday. Your parents are the owners of the gift shop, but the, the other shops, the, the restaurants, everything else, where are people primarily from? Most of the people in this plaza are from Vietnam. But um, we do have some Chinese, we have Thai, we have, it's a very diverse plaza. That's why my parents actually chose the name Far East Center because it is catered to everyone in the Far East and a place for them to remember where their home is at. This year is year of the rabbit in, for Chinese New Year, but in Vietnam it's also year of the cat. Why the difference this particular year? This year is the year of the rabbit. You're correct. It's celebrated as the year of the rabbit everywhere, except for in Vietnam. Um, Vietnam, they considered the word male is a similar as when in the um, chart, the sound of male and male, it sounds the same. So that's why they called it the year of the cat. Mm-hmm. Okay, interesting. But, um, you know, all my customers here that, you know, comes and shop with us, they celebrate both. Everyone loves the culture. They're just here to enjoy the celebration and celebrate the holiday as a whole. It's not cat versus rabbit, rabbit versus cat or anything like that. It's all togetherness. And, you know, we all just want to come together and celebrate the holiday together. This particular event attracts a tremendous amount of people. And even though today, which we're, we're recording on Sunday the 22nd, it's supposedly not even the biggest of the events. The, the big event is on the 28th. Usually from year to year, how many people come to attend these events here? Our event usually can't have anywhere up front from 1,500 to 4,000, you know. Um, Yes, the parking is congested. We always tell our patrons to Uber, carpool, or, you know, park in the surrounding neighborhoods. But yes, there is quite a walk. We don't have a big enough space to have extra parking. So if you can Uber, Lyft, or do car share or whatever, you can still do that and still come and join the celebration with us. Anything else? Uh, listeners may need to know as they plan to attend the event on the 28th? Um, We will have a lot of perks. We have a lot of prize giveaways. We will have a lot of um, special um, packages to give out. We also will have, um, we're looking for videographers, anyone that is videoing our, you know, the dragon or anything of this event. Um, If they send it in, they get raffled in for a Caesars package, which gets, it's worth $500. One last question. I saw people from all types of backgrounds here today. It's indicative of the diversity that's along Federal Boulevard and in this neighborhood. What's the importance of having a festival that draws people in, even from other cultures? Well, that is why I love this community so much. Um, I grew up in Westwood, and our community is Westwood, and it is very diverse. It is filled with Asian, Hispanic, Latino, American, every kind of nationality you can think of shops in our plaza. So we want to welcome everyone. And then at the same time, everyone is happy to come and celebrate with us because they want to learn our culture. They want to learn our traditions. And they're just happy to just be here to watch something different and celebrate a a different atmosphere. 
That was Mimi Luang of Chuang'an Gifts in Denver's Far East Center. Chuang'an Gifts will host a second weekend of Lunar New Year celebrations January 28th and 29th. The Asian Pacific Alliance of Longmont will also host an event at Silver Creek High School Saturday, February 4th. You are listening to The Morning Magazine on KGNU. We'll be back after this short break. The National Western Stock Show has been an annual attraction in Denver since 1906, bringing cowboys, cowgirls, farmers, ranchers, and agribusiness titans here to buy, sell, show, and celebrate all things agriculture. But the big question is, how relevant is this famous show to an evolving modern city like Denver today? CityCast Denver wanted to understand what it meant to one Arvada family. So host Bree Davies and producer Paul Caroli tagged along with the Leathermans on a trip to the National Western Complex to meet their goat farmer daughter and watch her and her goat in the Junior Market Goat Show. This is Lilo. This is my daughter's goat. Hi, Lilo. Um, and then her brother Stitch, our friend. Oh, has... Lilo and Stitch. Yeah. They were born on May 21st, which is my daughter's birthday. They fell in love because of that. Oh, um, that's a pretty good birthday present. It is. Tasha had been there for hours already, supporting her 12-year-old daughter Miranda as she prepared her goat Lilo for the first day of the Junior Market Goat Show. Miranda was missing school to be there because the show was the culmination of her work raising Lilo and an opportunity to earn some serious scholarship money. And so today they're going to show in a showmanship where it's about the youth. It's about the kid. How well do they know their animal? How well can they handle their animal? Um, so it's not knowing. just about the goat. It's about the handler. Yes. Right. Can I ask why the goats are wearing these like adorable capes? Their jackets. Okay. It's to keep them clean. Oh, okay. Because they've already had their bath. They've had their clipping done. Um, and it's to keep them clean because, well, they're in shavings. They poop and they pee here. If they sure. lay down on it, you don't want your goat to be dirty. You want it to be pretty for show. Interesting. So. I love that there's a whole goat apparel <laughs> world. Oh, there's a store right outside, and it's goats, sheep, pigs, cattle. So we've already spent, you know, a couple of dollars in there buying stuff we need. <laughs> hey, they look cute. We bought cute. a new jacket. They look so cute. So, so they are fun. But, yeah, so today is showmanship. It's about the youth and how they handle the animal. Um, not all animals are good. I mean, they've spent the past couple of months working with these animals, training them, bracing them, just spending time with them. But sometimes you get out there and the animal's having a bad day. Maybe they didn't like their neighbor companion, so maybe- They got them all in a tizzy maybe and they're they have not a, a good mood. Egg. I don't know, maybe there's another goat that they have a bad relationship with, who knows? So goat drama. Yes. Okay. 
if you do win, I do know that they you are able to go through the auction, and then that is scholarship money going oh. to the youth. Okay. So yeah. I know that you all live in Arvada, right? We do. Yes. Okay. I would say there's definitely. I can think of quite a few places within sort of the suburban urban areas where it feels a little rural, but like, what is your living situation? Are you guys like urban farmers? We have a third of an acre, okay. which is pretty good for the city living. Um, but in Arvada, you are allowed to have two small goats. Okay. So like, cause my daughter shows here. Um, this is her second year showing at the stock show. And if she shows for three years, she's eligible for scholarships that they offer. And oh, she wants cool. to be a vet or go into veterinary science. She wants to do something with animals. And so to receive a scholarship from the stock show would be fabulous. And so last year she showed a steer. This year we were not sure if she was going to be able to show a steer because we live in the city. We can't keep it in our backyard, even though I want to. You, and I have room. <laughs> sure. Right. We do have some people in, that we know through 4-H that they do keep their cow at a horse boarding facility okay um but but it's not as com i mean it's not as common to have a place for your cow no, if you don't live in all. a more rural area <laughs> were you and your husband into goats like into raising goats before your daughter how did this no. become a family so affair? we got involved in 4-h because i first enrolled my son in boy scouts i found out that's not really for us what else can i do and i grew up in missouri and I'm like, I knew of FFA and I knew of 4-H. And so I started looking for like a 4-H program. We got involved with a farm in Arvada who leased the animals to the kids so that they could use the animals for 4-H purposes. They would show them at our county fair. And so we got involved that way, which was fabulous. And then we just kind of, hey, I fell in love with goats. And I'm like, hmm, how can I get goats? <laughs> and so I came up with the idea. I'm like, okay. My friend and I were like, maybe if we made a business out of goats, our husbands would let us get goats. <laughs> and so we started making goat milk soap. And so oh, we created a business. Cool. Um, so we make soaps. And then my friend, she got goats. And then last spring, they had babies. They had kids. And so those are now my goats. And so I will breed them next fall. And then do goats retire? Goats can live go. like 12 to 16 years. Okay. It depends. And then there's multiple different, okay, there's different breeds of goats. You got your meat goats, you got your fiber goats, you got your dairy goats. Then you got goats that are just pets, or some people use them for Grass. Um, trail cleanup, uh -huh. pack animals. Sure. So what are Lilo and Stitch, what kind they of goats? They are goat? meat goats. Oh, they're meat goats. These so are meat goats. Will be They meat. will leave this week and oh. go feed families. Oh, they leave this week? Yes. <gasps> so, so your daughter has to, like, get her goats ready, show them off, yeah. get to the pinnacle of the goat success, and then say goodbye? Yeah, that's the hard part. Oh. But she has chosen to do it. Also, I you, you do fall in love with the animal, and so it is hard to say goodbye. So, like, last year, I loved her steers so much, and we had to say goodbye. But we know that they produced good quality meat. These animals were well taken care of, and it's this is what we, we signed up for. After a quick break, we'll meet Tasha's daughter, Miranda, and hear why she wanted to raise a goat in the city. A few minutes after we showed up, Tasha's daughter, Miranda, and her friend, Boston, returned to the stall for some final preparations with their goats before the big show. Are you Miranda? Yeah. Hi, I'm Bree. We just met your goats. They're very cute. Um, can I ask you some questions about them? Yeah. 
I mean, I have to say, I haven't met a lot of 12-year-olds in the city that are raising goats. Like, why did you want to do that? I just enjoy being around animals. And they can live in our backyard, so it's easier. And I can always be with them. Until the end of the stock show, and then you have to say goodbye. Yeah. So I have to ask, is it emotional for you guys when you know you have to send your goats off to their next destination and they're not with you anymore? I don't really think about it until, like, a couple weeks or a month before. Yeah. Um, But I try not to think about it because it's just too much, and I don't like to think about it right before a show because that just puts... You want to be, like, psyched up and ready for the show. Yeah, I want to remember the good parts of it, not the sad parts. Paul and I poked around the rest of the stock show for a bit, and when we returned to the basement, a couple of sets of bleachers were filling up around a large square pen, and Miranda was leading Lilo around the back with a group of other kids and their goats. We found a spot next to Tasha to watch it all go down. What are they doing? The kids are pulling the heads of the goats. So they're bracing them. They are bracing them. The back legs are kind of out. Their goat is stretched. The head is up. This is a good position for the goat so the judge can look at it and see kind of the muscle, the shape of the goat. They're looking for that round butt. Okay. The kids walked in one more big circle and the judge lined them up in one last row, giving his final evaluations over the loudspeaker. Miranda and Lilo were second from left. So uh, I think when he asked her to just step back and show the front end, a really nice job. When I come in and handle, I get a little bit more. So it looks like the first four placed. Okay. And then the last two didn't. So okay. Miranda didn't. And that's fine. So she didn't get anything. Okay, so she didn't place. The top four um, are going to be pinned, and then they will come back later. Okay, so is she done for today? She's done for today. So all of that work, and she's done. Wow. You just heard an excerpt from CityCast Denver the local Denver Daily News Podcast. Learn more about subscribing to the podcast at denver.citycast.fm or wherever you get your podcasts. That's it for today's Extremely Analog Morning Magazine. I've been your host, Shannon Young. Thanks to Luis Licon, Jack Armstrong, and Alexis Kenyon for making it sound easy. And to Evan Perkins and Tim Russo for coming in early to troubleshoot the tech. Stay tuned for A Public Affair with the Community Foundation of Boulder County. That's just after the news headlines from the BBC.